Welcome to the Vat Supply Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Vat Supply the Podcast. My name is Gracia Hel and I'm going to be your host for today. We decided to start a podcast at Vat Supply because we think that it's really exciting to be bringing you new forms of content. And we're kicking off with style, interviewing a superstar, Mr. Siraj Raval himself. Yes, you heard right, Siraj Raval. He's going to be joining us all the way from Amsterdam to discuss everyone's favorite topic, AI. And from the bot supply team, two of my colleagues are joining, Siraj and Raul, who are both AI scientists in the bot supply team. So thanks for joining and stay tuned if you want to listen to the very exciting conversation we had with Siresh. So hi Siresh, thanks so much and welcome to our first ever Bud Supply podcast episode. And um, we are in Copenhagen right now and you're joining us all the way from Amsterdam and then Raul is in India, right? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I am Gracia and I am the communication manager of Bot Supply. And I have Sheila here, who is one of our chief AI scientists, and also Raoul. And uh, we are very excited to be talking to you about, I think, everyone's favorite topic AI. And let's just get into it and to hear a little bit about you. We have been following you for a while in your social media channels, especially in YouTube. You are amazing at creating super interesting content and we love your enthusiasm and your energy so and you wow. have i feel like it's been exploding how much your channel has grown lately so can you talk to us a little bit about that um the beginning yeah. and what motivated you to start your channel oh for sure yeah thanks for having me i, I appreciate it you guys sent me a really cool picture with the heart and i was like okay yeah and we I'll do it So that definitely helps for sure. Uh, so that's cool. Yeah, no, I, I live in Amsterdam. Uh, it's I I moved from San Francisco, and I've just been making videos nonstop. You know, I work like 80 hours a week. I only take Sunday off. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes okay. I do something like this. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. What I, I love, I love what I do. I just keep making the videos. That's the number one goal: is just producing quality content yeah. more than anything else. Great, and um, you have also dived into a little bit of music, <laughs> which we oh. think is really cool that, you know, I feel like a reason for your channel being so popular is how you managed to take these very heavy topics, technical topics, and just transmit your message with so much energy and so much enthusiasm. I think it inspires all of us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about your background, your education, and maybe what motivated you to make the move all the way across the Atlantic to come to Amsterdam? Yeah, for sure. I, I was born in Houston, Texas, and I, yeah, I went to a pretty good high, not, it was a public school. It was like a good, okay school. But I just had parents who were very, um, They really, you know, like gave me space to study a lot. That was, that, that was the value that they had was yeah. study really hard and that's, that's it. And so I really had a love for learning from a very early age. Yeah. 
Uh, I was always very enthusiastic about learning and just, just not in school, just not in school, yeah. just on, on my own, like with internet and stuff. You Never were a very school. curious kid, you would say. You were interested about how things worked. You were just naturally curious. Yeah, no, I just thought it was, I always thought being smart was cool since I was little, but no one else thought that. Okay. So, so um, anyway, yeah, no, I just, I've always thought being smart is cool, and I, I just, uh, I feel like I'm like Kanye for code, because, yeah, yeah <laughs> I like to stick up for all the people who people have been putting down for a while, it's, it's time to rise up, because we're the, we rule the whole place now, so, anyway. <laughs> Is the the revenge of the nerds, right? We're taking over. <laughs> yeah. Great. And now Amsterdam, how's Europe treating you? How did, has the experience been? Yes, yeah, it's really nice here in Amsterdam. Uh, Are you I, biking? Uh, Are you biking around? I bike everywhere for sure. <laughs> I actually just shot a sixty-seven question with my sixty-seven question video with my friend Daniel Rickford. Um, awesome. And we were just. In my place, because people, you know, I think I thought it would be good to shoot that. Yeah. But I've also, uh, yeah, Amsterdam is amazing. I get to make my videos here, and just as a space to, for to be creative, is it's a good space for that right now. And uh, before this, I was in San Francisco, also a great place. But I came here for this talk called the Next Web that my friend Justin almost. He basically convinced me to go. I was like, I don't really want to go, but he convinced me that it's a good idea. And once and it was in Amsterdam, and once I got here, I was like, this place is awesome. I'm so staying. I went back home, and then I moved back two weeks later. Okay. Well, you're always welcome here in Copenhagen. If you like Amsterdam, I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy Copenhagen as well. And if you would like to visit us, we would be more than happy. If I you appreciate wanna... it for sure. Yeah, I'll probably visit. Probably visit. Let's yeah, see. let's say touch about that. Okay, and then a last question for me would be, yeah, why AI? Of all the possible exciting topics out there, you chose to talk to the world about AI. What's the motivation there? Uh, it's one of those things that, it, to me, it's like, if you think about what's the point of life, AI is like the reason. It's the only thing I can think of that could be a reason besides religion. So it's kind of like a new religion where it's just like, there are so many problems in the world just so many unsurmountable, incredibly difficult problems that we'll never solve in our lifetimes. Yeah. And AI is the only thing that offers a solution where we, we can say, if we solve this, if we solve this and it is beneficial, yeah. we could use super intelligence to solve literally every single problem yeah. that exists and live in basically a utopia. So it's, yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like every time I feel kind of like an existential crisis, or I feel you know down or lost. That's always my guide. It's because it's such a simple truth yeah. that you know what should I do? Well, this thing could solve everything. So of course I want to live a great life. Everything is solved. Yeah, you know all my wildest fantasies come true. <laughs> so that's kind of the way I think about it. Yeah, it's a great it's a great place to put your hopes on. We would agree with you on that. So now I leave you to these two guys who are very excited yeah. to talk <laughs> to you as well. Yeah, uh, so um, Siraj, before we uh, move into all these, uh, like some kind of technical questions for uh, some of our audience, uh, I would just like to know your motivation behind starting your YouTube channel. Like uh, people are uh, doing a lot of different ways to uh, like communicate with uh, people and everything. Why YouTube? Like um, 
by making like small videos for a general audience not for very specific for the people who just um, who are like technical people of ai but for everyone so what was the reason behind i think it's it's one of those things where um youtube as a platform just video as a medium is one of those ways where you you have to be honest like it's the easiest way to build trust because you're literally i'm literally putting my face and my name out there right for what i say so if i really want people to take me seriously and video, I feel, is the best medium to do that. There's, there's no pseudonym. There's no, you know, blog post with just text. This is me right now. This is what I'm saying. So believe me or you don't. But so, yeah. So in terms of truth building, I think video. That's why it shows YouTube. And also just YouTube as a platform. I love video. I think that's the best way to learn. For me, the way I learn is I watch videos at like 3x or or 3.5x speed. It's just a great way to get data into your head really fast, right? It's all your sensory, you know, your eyes and your ears. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like jacking into the matrix if you do that. And I have a Chrome extension to do that. Uh, it's called, uh, what's it called? It's called, just, I mean, just Google Chrome extension, extend uh, video on YouTube, and you'll find it. Yeah, perfect. So um, you have a book like titled Decentralized Application, right? Which is one of the uh, bestsellers. And then um, you talked about the D apps there, dApps, which we call, right? And um, I saw your video a few weeks before about uh, blockchain and your uh, recent video was about ICOs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do you see these two uh, different fields, uh, blockchain and uh, AI getting together in future? Like, is there some some way where uh, we can just put this AI inside blockchain or something similar? How do you see that? Yeah, so when I started doing the whole uh, AI YouTube stuff, I went with the assumption that democratizing algorithms would be the way to truly democratize AI. And so that, you know, all my videos are based on AI algorithms. And so when I met Andrew Trask in London, who's the DeepMind Oxford scholar I did the really quick questions with, yeah. he said something that really, sh- like, made me realize something. He said that um, he said that it's not just about democratizing the algorithm. The data is the other 50% of the, the equation because Google and all these big companies have the data. I mean, this is something I thought about before, but the way that he put it was very cool and it was very relevant. But he said democratizing the data is the, the other 50%. And so blockchain is the best way to do that. If we were to have services that were not controlled by central entities where anybody could pay for data, like any kind of data set that they want, then that would truly democratize uh, deep learning because, or any kind of machine learning because then you could have your algorithm and then you could have whatever data set you want as long as you have the funds. So you still raise money through you know, traditional means like via a nonprofit or academic funding, but then anybody could access any data set that they want if they set the correct parameters in their query. So blockchain is the best way to do that. So if we have more decentralized applications that are run on blockchain technology, that would uh, be a good thing. Okay, great. Raul, I think you have a question as well. Yeah, so hey, Ashraj. Hello. Um, I have have a question that, like, you have a series of video channels uh, in which you have specific topics which you cover, like Python for data scientists, then you had a Udacity course, Nano degree, which was uh, specifically on data science and uh, deep learning, and then you had the uh, the maths behind AI right now, which you are doing. 
So what's the future plan? What are you, what we as audience should expect more and will it be more uh, wider or broader in the terms, uh, in the uh, aspects of concepts or um, what will be, what, what should we, we expect now? After, after this? Yeah, I, um, I, I've been collecting data of what people want to see and I haven't really acted on it so much. I've, I've basically been doing exactly the kind of content that only I want to make. But I know what the audience wants. And I know, what, I know the videos that are going to get a lot of views. And my goal is to hit a million subscribers, right? Because I want to really get AI awareness out there. So what's coming next is videos that are going to help people make money oh, from AI. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see how that would be very popular. Yeah. Is it the first time you are announcing this on our podcast about the next videos? I was very lucky to yeah. hear you say that. Yeah, uh, I haven't done this yet, so there, there it is. Yeah, make money. That's good. And then, um, how how is your experience in uh, Netherlands? Like you were staying in Bay Area of San Francisco, if I uh, if I recall correctly. So. How do you feel the community there and the people here um, are um, looking um, into AI? Is it the same like people are um, just like hype all around or are really people acting on AI stuff? Let's speak. Okay, so you're talking about people and are they really interested in AI right now? Yeah. 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 Well, if we look at if, if we look at just the past for AI, there's always been winters, like AI winters, and then there's a period of interest. Um, and if we're just looking back at the past, statistically speaking, there will be another winter. Uh, but you could say at this time it's different because now you know we have other mediums of computing like quantum, which just ends Moore's law entirely. You could say, well, we have you know better AI than ever, and this time it's different with democratizing you know mobile phones, so everybody has more computers. But in the end, it's, um, I don't think it's enough hype. I, I think it's still very little hype. I think we need 20 times more hype right now because there's so many problems. And if people just knew about AI, we would solve these things so much faster. And the majority of people don't know anything about AI. So if they did, yeah, we would be able to solve so many things right now. People could already solve so many things. It's just that if people understand how to use it, then they could solve the problems. So, yeah, we need way more hype. Yeah, very well said. So, uh, my next question is, uh, me in India, I'm very excited that you're coming here in September. So, what uh, what should I expect next in PyData in New Delhi? PyData, yeah. I'm going in five days. Uh, and, yeah, I'm going in five days. And I <laughs> have... What's up? You're not happy? <laughs> no, no, no. I was just looking because my friend was here. I was like, is he gone? Or, yeah, I guess he's gone anyway. Uh, but so uh, in five days, I'm going to uh, New Delhi. It's going to be awesome. And then I'm going to Mumbai for seven days after that. And yeah, no, I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be really cool to, to, to be there and meet people. In terms of my plans, I really have a very loose, like I'm going to Pi Data and then I'm going to, you know, stay there for the weekend. Uh, yeah, very open-ended right now. Perfect. And um we were listening to your TED talk uh, where it was all about uh, how AI is going to kill humanity someday or <laughs> not. 
uh, something similar. And then uh, there you gave this example of global warming, uh, where um, AI will feel it's the best to kill all the humans if uh, we, that is the only way to stop global warming or something. Mm-hmm. So, and then uh, there is a lot of discussion going on. Um, a lot of prominent people in this field are uh, like some are in favor and some are in against of it. So, how do you, um, as as an AI person who is just implementing all this stuff, how do you see it? Are we going um, like in the direction of achieving general intelligence or something that is going to harm us in some way like in future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I totally agree with Elon that uh, we need some regulation for sure. We, we just need more, more oversight. It doesn't necessarily have to be the government, but we do need more groups of people who are monitoring uh, the bad ways in which people can use AI. There are so many bad things that are already happening for sure. The Facebook news feed is just totally uh, corrupted by money interests at this point. Uh, and it's going to happen to other services as well as long as these practices aren't public. So we need uh, more regulation around making certain practices public. And the, 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 the thing that happens is once you make this a law, like some, you know, some law, some jurisdiction, then even if the company decides to disobey that law, internally, the people there, at least one person is going to know what the law is. And so you, you'd be more likely to have a Snowden or someone who, you know, who, who tells people yeah, about what happened. Are we still doing yeah. So, yeah. yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. So I was just saying, yeah, we need more. We need more laws around this. So when 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 I say are the the, the fears unjustified? No, they're very justified. It's one of those things that could totally make a utopia, or yeah, you know, destroy ourselves. So the way to solve that is to have more AI aware people who are going into fields of regulation, government, mm-hmm. government. And do you really yeah. believe about this uh, Facebook thing that you mentioned that it like there was a lot of uh, news articles and posts somewhere in favor of um, that it created some kind of language where they were just uh, started to post feeds or uh, to remove feeds. And then uh, Facebook said it's, it's it was nothing um, like that. Right. So do you actually believe is it possible um, like uh, based on current technologies that AI can learn something which we cannot intercept and then we cannot stop. Like, is there a red button or something? That oh, no. Uh, AI can learn something that we cannot stop. Uh, the Facebook news feed is the first example of a runway AI. Yeah. It's the first example. Um, there, there are others, but um, you could even say Google search is a runway AI. Uh, but so far, it's so good with that one. But, yeah, I mean, these models are very unpredictable right now. We don't really have you know, best practices on ways of, of monitoring progress in these models or trying, trying to figure out what is really happening under the hood. We really have metrics, like compared to other fields of computer science, you know, cryptography, you have best security practices, you have all these, you know, design patterns that they, they, they design, spent designing for 20, 30 years, and no one really did that for, for, for deep learning or for uh, just the current field of AI, even reinforcement learning as well. So, yeah, we, we need more people thinking at a meta level for AI, not just at the algorithm level, but ways of structuring and marketing AI. Yeah. And I'm going to jump in with a question here. So who would you say would be the right people to be on this meta level? Which will be the right 
people? Should it be the people that are owning the technology? Should it be the government? I think it's a very complicated question. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Who should For be sure. The policymakers. Yeah, it's definitely got to be the people who want to be in politics.、Mm -hmm. That means that they want to be involved with law creation and and, ju and judiciary practices. But the thing is, when I say government regulation, if you're someone who wants to go into politics, you don't necessarily have to say, "I'm going to be a politician for this nation state."、Mm -hmm. You can say, "I want to be a politician for this group of people online." So it's more like blockchain government,、mm -hmm. like more, you know, just thinking about、uh, dividing people up in terms of their interests rather than their their、uh, physical location. So just rearranging borders around communities online. Cloud communities. So there's a lot of opportunities there. No one's even thought about this before. It's a very new space. You can create online governments. You can have, and then if you partner with local governments, you can have this online government. And you know, you could say, well, Estonia is a a a, a physical representation of this online government.、Mm -hmm. And we're also, you know, so then then you have this online passport where you can go to these three countries that are in this online government. You know what I'm saying? So you can just think of just totally different ways of. Of of running the world because all the laws right now everything mostly sucks so <laughs> let's just redo everything so anyway yeah very inspiring what you're saying so question to you Suraj so why are you so biased towards Google oh yeah yeah that's a good question because I mean they have the best engineers they have the most money most data they have the most power. Google is the most powerful entity in the world. Probably, it's number one or number two to Disney, because the storyteller is also the most powerful person. Anyway, but yeah, they're so powerful, and really, so it's just inevitable that the technology that they create, like TensorFlow, is going to be the best in class. Yeah, has people working on it, and until we get to the point where we decentralize the data,、mm -hmm. we're not going to have、um, all the best engineers working all over the place at startups and stuff. Yeah,、um, I think、um, we are already、uh, reaching the time limit. So, just a final question:、um, How do you see can、uh, we achieve general intelligence in our lifetime?、Uh, common question for everyone. Yeah, it's the gold question. <laughs> gold question. Yes. Yeah, I think we're going to do it in our lifetime. I think we will.、Um, Progress is is just re really exciting, and I believe it's not really like I believe in AI. It's more like I I have faith in humanity. Yeah. So I think we can do it. I think we can do it. So、Our、current lifetime or extended lifetime? I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> in my lifetime, I can say I I we will solve it. As long as I'm breathing, we're gonna solve it. <laughs> Great. Okay. So just to wrap it up, I think you guys are done with your questions, right? Yes. We would, as you know, as I mentioned in the、um, when I asked you, if we could talk to you about bot supply and just have you in our podcast. We're a very young company. We're running in ten months, but we believe that we have a very interesting, different business model. I don't know if you could check the, our web page, but yeah, basically we are are. Hashtag and our slogan is we co-create because we believe in building community and sharing knowledge, and basically 
we believe that there's this barrier that companies are maybe wanting to implement AI or wanting to use AI to solve some of their problems, but they don't know where to reach. And then we have super talented AI scientists who have the knowledge, but they just don't have the funding or the platform in which they can implement all their thinking and all, you know, their, their, their desire to solve problems. So here's where we come in, trying to build a community in which we have AI creatives, we have the companies and the company's data, and then we're in the middle making a bridge between these two. And what makes us different is that the AI scientists, they share a part of the revenue. They become partners in the project that they offer a solution for. So, and here you have two of our, <laughs> of our scientists. They're leaving examples of what our model does so they can tell you a little bit more about it. And we would love to hear your thoughts on a model like this. So, I don't know if you want to talk about your experience as a scientist with bot supply, and then we would love to hear what you feel about this sort of model. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, basically, the idea is we get all the data from companies and then this data is not going to any of the giants like Google, Facebook, for example. And then uh, we have uh, AI scientists, so they are just global everywhere. And the idea is to like give this data to those scientists in such a way that they don't uh, know for which company they are working for. But then uh, they have the data, they provide solutions, and then uh, they get a revenue out of it. And then uh, as soon as there are more state-of-the-arts techniques and everything, so the scientists will just give those techniques back to the, um, to the companies, organizations, right? So uh, this is the overall uh, thing that we do here at Bot Supply. We call it co-create AI. And since you are doing a lot of stuff um, for yeah. community and then uh, building community and everything, so how do you feel uh, this kind of model um, will have some some things in future. What are your yeah. thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I like your initiative. I think it's cool to build developer community. Someone just talked. Yeah, I think it's a great idea to build developer community. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. It's, it's not it's not a space that's very saturated. People just people have just started to think about the idea of building developer communities. When I say have just, I mean like in the past five to seven years, which is still pretty early if you think about it. So I think it's a great initiative. Great. We're happy that you think that. <laughs> Your opinion really matters. And, well, this has been our very first episode of the Butt Supply Podcast. It's been wonderful having you. And the offer stands. If you're ever around Copenhagen, we're more than happy to show you around. I appreciate the offer. I'll probably take it up. And we're going to bike you everywhere, right? Because you're used to it now. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap. We hope you have enjoyed the first episode of Bot Supply, the podcast. We promise to keep bringing you exciting speakers and exciting topics. Keep tuned and if you have any comments or suggestions or names that you would like to hear, just hit us up in any of our social media channels. Have a great rest of the week. Tuning out from 
Copenhagen, the butt supply team.